We are going to be reading two texts. The first reading is going to come from Numbers. The second reading is going to come from Matthew chapter 25. So please, if you can as well, put your bookmarker there because we are going to turn there in a little while. Numbers chapter 6 verse 1 to 8. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, If a man or a woman wants to make a special vow, a vow of separation to the Lord as a Nazarite, he must obtain... He must abstain, rather, from wine and other fermented drinks and must not drink vinegar made from wine or from other fermented drinks. He must not drink grape juice or eat grapes or resin as long as he is a Nazarite. He must not eat anything that comes from grapevine, not even the seed of the skin. During the entire period of his vow of separation, no razor may be used on his head. He must be holy un until the period of his separation to the Lord is over. He must let the hair of his head grow long. Throughout the period of his separation to the Lord, he must not go near a dead body. Even if his own father or mother or brother or sister dies, he must not make himself ceremonially unclean on account of them because the symbol of his separation to God is on his head. Throughout the period of his separation, he is, to consecrate his, he is consecrated to the Lord. Please and we turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. I'll read verse 31 to 34. Matthew 25. 31 to 34. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from, from the God. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me, food, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you, you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit with me. Praise the Lord.
Father, we thank you and we bless your holy name. We are so privileged that we worship a God who is present, a God who hears, a God who sees, and a God who empathizes, a God who touches us, even at our very point of need. And this day, we appreciate your presence with us, appreciate your presence with us in this church and even other places where you're being worshipped. We appreciate your presence even in this nation. Even at such a time as this, when there are hostile forces that are set up against the church, we want to thank you that you are with us and you are for us. And we can count on you, O oh God, even at such a time as this. Lord, even as a church leadership in this nation, even tries to uh, find direction and lead us in the direction we should go. We ask for your wisdom. We ask, O oh God, that you shall speak to us as what we ought to do in this nation. Lord, we are standing here with gratitude in our hearts, even concerning the way you have continued to bless us. You have continued to give to us, O oh God, in such an abundance. And Lord, here is a token of our appreciation. In obedience to your word and in gratitude to what you have done. We have given this, even offering this morning. We ask the Lord, it shall be used for the glory of your name. And we pray that even those who disseminate it shall have the wisdom of knowing what to do with it, that the kingdom of God shall even be expanded through it. Beyond this morning, Lord, we are also privileged that you have been speaking to us even through the worship time, through the reading of your word, through the choir, through even the announcements. And now again, Lord, it gives us pleasure that you have chosen even a choice servant to bring to us your word. Father, we pray that the, the, uh, the preaching of your word shall quicken faith in each one of us here in the name of Jesus. And we want to resist every spirit that comes to bring slumber. Every spirit that is opposed to the word of God. We oppose it right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray for the quickening of your word by your spirit to our hearing and our benefit to the glory of your name. Father, we give you praise and we give you honor. Do you want to thank the Lord with me? Just give a mighty hand to the Lord right now. Father, we give you praise and honor. Thank you, Jesus. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now to bring the preacher to us is Reverend David Ogiden, the senior pastor of this assembly. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. And we want to thank God for another opportunity when we can listen to his word. Your program uh, says our speaker today is Dr. Brian Bailey. Uh, I'm afraid to announce once again that uh, this is not going to be our speaker. Dr. Brian uh, Bailey uh, actually flew out of the country on Friday evening. And uh, with us is Dr. Uh, Bishop uh, Boniface Adoyo who is coming to minister to us, our own bishop here at uh, Sitam. Let's uh, put our hands together and welcome him as he ministers the word. Amen. That might be prophetic. <laughs> he has awarded me a, a doctorate. Amen. I had almost forgotten protocol. Amen. Well, we always remind you to switch off your mobiles unless you are expecting a call from God.
a preacher as I am must be always ready to die or to preach at a moment's notice and I'm ready for either so when I was when I realized that the preacher was going earlier than expected I, I stepped in because the Lord has been um, teaching me something on separation be ye separate says the Lord come out from among them and be ye separate now so my struggle has been to separate myself from the world because the Bible says you are in the world but not of the world so there are some things that once you commit yourself to be not of the world things that the Bible tells us to be ye separate from the world and we read two portions and I realized that is a lifetime struggle to separate myself from the corruption of the world from the evil and from sin is a daily challenge for each one of us for myself at least but then I also came to realize that that was the method that God the creator used to bring the world from chaos into order and that's the work that God is involved in because Jesus said my father has been working until now and I have been working Jesus said therefore the Jews sought to kill him because he said his father called God his father he says that God has been working we think that God created the world and disappeared went into rest <laughs> but Jesus says that his father God the creator has been working and continues to work what work does God do I had to ask myself and to to get to that we have to find out from the book of Genesis go back to the book of Genesis what work did God do and what does he continue to do and what will he do that will give us the employment of the concerns of God and then they will become our concerns we are introduced to the Bible by these words in the beginning God created the beginning was made by God in his creation of the universe the universe the earth and the heavens so when we come to the earth and the concentration on the earth the universe was already there in fact the earth and the universe and the earth the heavens and the earth all those things were there in existence he created them but then he gives his concentration on the planet earth now god is from everlasting to everlasting he was there nothing was created that was created before him 
Now he did not have to create the world, the earth, or even fashion the earth when it was void and empty. That's what the, the word begins in Genesis. And the earth was without form and void. He started that concentration on the earth. But God is self-contained, self-sufficient, and self-propagating. He does not need anything to exist. And so God was not under any constraint, no obligation to create the, the world, the heavens, and the earth. And especially as he gives his concentration to the planet earth. He chose to do it purely for his own good pleasure. That is the Bible. God chose you. God chose to create you out of his own good pleasure. And the song of the elders in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11 confirms this. They were singing that you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and for your pleasure they are created. So don't think you are so special before God that God can do, cannot do without you or without the earth. Or God was obligated and therefore he must take care of you. St. Paul in Colossians 1, 16 and 17 helps us to understand that God was in need of no glory, external glory or otherwise, to confirm himself or assert himself as some, th some people think. That unless you worship him, he will not receive the glory. That unless you... You do something that you do him a favor to come to church. That we do God a favor to submit ourselves to them, to him. That we do God a favor to worship him. God is no need, has no need. In fact, Jesus said, if we don't acknowledge him, even the rocks that he created, the other creatures that he created would acknowledge him. And so even this is what Paul said. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Through him and for him, for his good pleasure. And he's before all things, and in him all things consist. Or in him all things hold together. Now, let's now come to where he concentrated on the planet earth. After God had created the universe and the earth, God made his focus or his attention on the planet earth. Verse 2 of Genesis states the condition of the earth before life as we know it was formed. The earth was without form and void. It didn't have order. 
It was empty. It was void. Nothing was on it. As it says. The whole planet was covered in darkness. As the Bible says. Darkness was on the face of the deep. There was no light at that, at that time. And God said, let there be light. And the light was there. And the second thing he says, that light, verse 5, if you are in Genesis. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So evening and morning. Rather, God divided, verse 4 continues to say, God divided the light from darkness. Other versions say, God separated the light from darkness. Now how do I understand that? There was darkness throughout the whole earth before God created light. Then God created light and divided darkness from light. Now, at that time, the light did not have a container yet. The light was like we know darkness. Does darkness have a container? Is there, is there a, the sun that radiates darkness? There was, there was no container. There was just light on one side and darkness on one side. God separated light from darkness. That's how we understand it. That's how it was. And the work of God from then on in trying to create order from void and formless is a work of separation. Are you getting me? Right from creation. Creation speaks of separation. That costs life. And costs order. And costs existence. And so we follow God's form of creation. Purpose in creation. And discover that for, for God to create life. For God to create order, for God to create anything on the planet earth, he began by separation. Separation number one, light from darkness. Separation number two, the whole planet was covered in water and a thick blanket of cloud that covered the face of the earth. So the second work of separation was to divide the waters from the waters. Is that what your Bible says? The waters from the waters. Now, in other words, the division between the waters on the earth and the waters above the earth, the clouds. You know, the clouds are simply waters. You know that? So that there is, there is a 
universe in between. There is an atmosphere. So between us and the waters above the earth, we have what we call atmosphere. The weather people would tell you that. For there to be life, there had to be a separation between. Some are asleep. <laughs> Up in the balcony, for there to be li life, there had to be separation from waters, from waters. And he created in so doing the universe. Not the universe, the atmosphere as we know it. The third separation. The third work of separation was to divide the land from the sea. Remember, everything on planet Earth was covered in water. And after the two separation of the two waters to create the atmosphere, the Earth still remained under water. And so he commanded that there be a separation between the waters and land. Up there, please. Help me and wake up. The third separation. The waters from the land. And in that separation of the waters from the land, there was something else that, that came up. There was life, some life that came up. On the land, on that, that third day, the herbs and the grass and the vegetation started growing on the land. Because now land was exposed, there was waters, it was separated, there was atmosphere, and now the plant life began to grow from land. That was just part of it. And then we discover that the fish from the sea and all that began also to, to come up. And so in that separation, it produced life, vegetation. And this was a way of God preparing for his final creation. But let's go on for the fourth separation. The fourth, sepa the fourth separation was night from day. I'm reading verse 13, 14, 15, 15 there. And since we don't have much time, you go back and read it. Night from day. You may ask, what was the first separation of light from darkness all about? Now, quite simple. Light was on one side as we had and darkness was on one side. But when God wanted to separate the night from day, remember the word night and day previously was used to, to, to not, not to make day period, day of a period of time, but day of association. In other words, light was associated with day and night was associated with darkness. And so that was the, the first light, just a separation. But now God gives light a container. The sun, 
and the stars. He gave light a container. The sun produces light. There was no need for him to produce a container for darkness because light dispels what? Darkness. And since light dispels darkness, if and God is associated with the light. When Jesus came, he says the light of the world has done what? Has come. And therefore, light has no competition. God did not want to, to give darkness a container. He would be saying, I have a competitor for you, darkness. Darkness is no competition for light. When light comes, darkness is dispelled. And we have the light of the world. And so that light of the world, God used it. There's no container for darkness. There's no such a place. But dark light dispels darkness. And so God gave this sun, stars, light to shine and to divide between day and night. And he knows how he did it. So that as the sun goes round, as the earth goes round, not the sun. We used to think that the sun doesn't go round. The earth goes round on its own axis it creates day and night day and night creating seasons and days and years and that's how god separated the day from the night god did that separation when there is no light darkness persists but now you notice that to bring order and life out of what was void and without form, God created out of nothing. Now, when we talk about creating out of nothing, people think that, how could that be? It's, it's explained in the New Testament that he created what, what is seen was created from what was not seen. Now, I, I know God could call anything into being. What we don't see does not mean it doesn't exist. The atoms are all over the place. But what we don't see is just as real as what we see. In fact, he says that what we see is passing by, is transient. But what we don't see is everlasting. We'll live forever. Is he through with the work yet? He was collecting the raw materials to create his final product. What was his final product? Man. Man is dependent upon all these things that he created. And he continues to inform man. Or sustain man rather. He continues to sustain man by what he created. We live on the light. We live by what is grown on the land. I don't know what percentage of our 80 of our bodies is water. We use meat to eat 
all that God was doing was bringing together the raw materials that we would be sustained by. Okay. Are we there? How did he do it? By separating various ones to create order and life from what was void and darkness. All that was in chaos was brought to life and to form and to order by a process of separation. All right. What is God doing now? God is still continuing to do the same. The Bible states that Satan came in and saw what God had created and called good and sowed in bad seed. And so that corrupted God's creation. And God began a process of separating that which was corrupted to that which he desires or which he desired in the initial stage. Jesus came and talked about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is all about the intentions of God to separate evil in the world from righteousness. How did God do that? Now, we are going right from Revelation to Genesis because that is the theme of the Bible, if you didn't know. It started by separating one man from his family, from his kindred, from his relatives, from his land to a place where God was going to call him. A separation. The second separation comes as he calls one man, he now calls a nation. Israel was called to be separate to the Lord. When it failed, God brought about Jesus, who was going to bring about reconciliation. And he brings in more people than, than Israel had done. The light is open to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles are given the purpose of God in separating to himself a people holy and righteous to himself. The Gentiles are now called in that God is building a kingdom. That God has a process that is going on. The process of separation that was started at creation continues until God's kingdom is established. And so the Gentiles are brought in and they are told, be ye separate. From what? From the world. From all that is happening in the world. From all that is evil. And Jesus as he was talking about this separation, gave two very distinct parables of what God will do. So that if we don't do it, he will do it. That is his nature. That is what he set out to do, and that is what he will do till the end, a process of separation, to bring about life from chaos, order from chaos. If he did it and he produced life, he is calling upon us to be ye separate. 
Jesus talked about the wheat and the tares. He talked about a gardener who planted wheat. And the enemy, seeing what was done, came and sowed what? Tears. And the workers came and said, the angel said, Lord, you planted good seed. How come there is, it's all corrupted. It's all mixed up. Jesus said, the parable goes, don't, don't disturb. There will be a time of separation. A time is coming when God will separate. Now he gave another parable of the sheep and the God persons. God persons and the sheep persons, what our brother Rogers read. He says, when the son of man comes in his glory and his holy angels with him, he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate. That's the final work that God is going to do before he, establish, he establishes his divine intention for the planet earth. It says the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate one from another as a shepherd divides sheep from goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand and the gods on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, ye blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you when? When? From the foundation of the world. That separation was there. Right from the foundation of the world, God knew what he was going to do in order to bring about his divine plan and purpose for this planet Earth. We see so much evil. We see so much corruption. We see so much that, that needs to be separated. And we say, Lord, we are overwhelmed. We've been working very closely with the, with the constitutional review process. And so many, in the Bill of Rights, so many things are coming to this earth, to Kenya. They have permitted in that bill so many evil things, including, you read it for yourself. <laughs> and you look and wonder, where are we heading to? I want to encourage believers, it's time to be separate. It's time that we did the work that pleases God. God is at work. Jesus came to do the same. And their work is to separate things so that to create life and order. Separation is the thread that runs through the Bible. Holiness. What does the word holy mean? Holiness or holy means like we read in, the, in Numbers about a, Nazar a Nazarite vow. If you made a Nazarite vow, you made yourself separate to the Lord. Means holy. Holiness that runs from Genesis to Revelation means separate. And God has illustrated how he did it. Holiness means set apart. Set apart to God. Separated to God. Aside to God. 
And when we talk about holiness in church, we are saying, are you on God's side? Separated on God's side? Or are you on the side that God will say, depart from me? He will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cast into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. In other words, even at that final end, God has separated heaven from hell. Now, let me remind you, as the Bible says, he has not said, he did not create hell for you. He created hell for the devil and his angels. And the greatest work now, seeing that all these things you cannot escape, God is determined. God is determined that evil will not coexist with, with righteousness, with good. Corruption will not coexist with incorruption. There is coming a time when he will do the separation. And he calls upon us right now that if we don't separate, he will do it for us. I would rather do it while there is still grace than wait for him to do it. And when Jesus was talking about everlasting punishment and hellfire, I believe he meant it. He calls us to be ye separate. Even as we look in Genesis, separation from light to darkness, from light and darkness, separation from clouds, waters and waters, separation from land and sea, separation from light and day, night and day, all this to create life, to create existence and order. God did it. And if we want to have order in our life, if we want to have abundant life, as Jesus called it, if we really want to live, even as God invites us, we have to be separate. We have to separate ourselves from things that corrupt, from things that God sees will corrupt heaven. You, you cannot go to heaven in the state in which you are in. That's why Jesus came to cleanse us from sin so that we are set apart for God. That's separation or separated to God. In Revelation, in the book of Revelation, in the book of Genesis, we, we start with separation. In the book of Revelation, we end with separation. And it goes on to say that he will separate the righteous from the unrighteous. There is a separation of heaven and hell. And the two will never meet. You remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus. They tried the rich man tried to reach Lazarus where he was. He was told, no, between us there is a separation. There is a big gap. There is a separation between you and us. Meanwhile, while there is still grace, God is saying, 
I want to leave you with 2 Corinthians verse 6, chapter 6, rather, verse 17. If you come out of this place and you are asked, what was the sermon all about? Separation. Where did the preacher read from? Genesis, Numbers. You can summarize it in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. I will receive you. I will be father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. It may mean that you separate yourself from that relationship. There are too many unwholesome relationships that is going on with the people called people of God. You separate yourself from that unholy, unfaithful relationship that you are having. Or else, it is inevitable, God will separate you. It may mean that you separate yourself from those friends. Because the Bible says that bad company spoils or ruins good morals. And if you delight in the company of the wicked, you're going to be separated from the righteous. As someone says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. All that is a process of separation that God is calling us to do. Do you do be ye separate? Says the Lord. You must every day. It's a challenge to all of us, including me. I must every day determine what will defile me and not cause me to be separate to the Lord. If I don't do it, it's inevitable. God is going to do it. Evil will not overwhelm good. Evil will not suppress the good. It may seem to be so at the time, at, at the moment, but it's a time of choice. It's a time that has been given to all of us, seeing the work of God. And I must do the work of my father, Jesus said. And we must also be involved in the concerns of God. How do we do that? If you do the work of God, it means you are involved in the work of separation. What God does continues to do what he will do at the end. If you don't do it, it will be done for you, but it will be unfortunate because you'll have no say where to go. Now is the time of grace. Now is the appointed time. Separation is now. Be ye separate. For I am separate. Therefore come out from among them. The people of the world. In the world, not of the world. Why? Because we are children of light. Where there is light, darkness flees. And the Bible is saying today, this Sunday, be separate. You want to experience the fullness of life? You want to experience 
the process that created order, separation from the wicked, separation from the world, separation from sin. That will produce what creation produced when the process of separation began. Shall we stand and pray? Today is a determination. You determine where you are going to be. If you don't, God will do it for you. But the process is now. The process that brings life, that brings order, that brings righteousness is now. Not when you die. That's too late. Think of things that are causing you to, to double deal. And you know, in the process, nothing, there's no double dealing in that in that separation you don't find the lion living in water you don't find fish flying out and going to visit wild animals in the process of separation there's no double dealing in fact those those animals that used to sometimes in the water sometimes on the land were called unclean why? There was double dealing in the separation that God produced. You read those, those animals that were cold and clean. They were double dealing. Sometimes in water, sometimes on land, they were cold and clean. The same thing. Find a man set apart from, for God, a woman, and he's sometimes underwater, sometimes on the land, submarine Christians. God calls them unclean. We have to be separate and live a separated life. What is it that is causing you to double deal? What is that thing that will cause you to be on the left side and God will say, depart from me? Ye doers of the wicked. Shall we pray together? Hallelujah. And maybe there are others who are not even separated from God. You are not born again. You are not saved. You put your hand up, we'll pray for you today so that you leave this place knowing that you have made a choice of separation. Thank you, brother, from upstairs. Amen. Upstairs, downstairs, time is gone. It's a short time. We must determine that we shall be separate from the wicked one, from the evil in the world that is coming to the world. If we don't do it, it will be done for us. It must be done for us. In Genesis, in Revelation, the process is on now. Loving Father, we thank you that when you wanted to create life and order, you initiated a process of separation. And what was done is a lesson even to us that you are bent on separating the righteous from the wicked. Lord, we want to separate ourselves this day to be on the Lord's side. Lord, help us in this struggle and in this challenge. Every day as we walk, oh Lord, we are faced with challenges, we are faced with decisions to make. And every decision determines which side we are on. I pray you will help your people from today to know that they are holy 
unto the Lord. Holiness to the Lord. Separated to the Lord until the end. I pray for those, Lord, who do not know the treasure that they have in this separation. And they are playing double games. They are double dealing. In this separation, one on one side and at other times on the devil's side, I pray that you help them to see that they are playing with fire. Help them, Lord. Help all of us as we seek to walk this separate path. The narrow path. The path of righteousness and holiness. I pray for that young man who desires salvation. Lord, may you confirm in his heart as he receives you today that he has committed himself to be on the Lord's side. Savior, we are thine. Bless him and bless us as we go. He is determined that we shall live a separate life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Maybe you can sing the chorus. We are on the Lord's side. Savior, we are thine. We are separated to him. Four to nine. Thank you. Four to nine. The chorus only. The chorus will do. Four to nine. We'll give you that. Verse 1 of 4 to 9, and then we shall be dismissed. Who is on the Lord's side? Who will serve the King? Who will be his helpers and the lives to bring? Who will live the world's side? Who will face the of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Be ye separate.
by the power of your 